Hello, witches. This is Kara Kovacs, and this is Business Witch. As a third-generation witch, at least, and a business and life coach for mission-driven entrepreneurs and leaders, I teach you how to make money and magic as liberatory practices. Because when we know, seek, and embrace our full potential, we create a better world for everyone. Here you'll find tools, conversations, spells, and inspiration that take you from waiting to creating so you can build the business and life you're oh so worthy and capable of having. Let's go. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Business Witch. I'm your host, Kara Kovacs, and today we're going to do an episode that I hope serves as a point of inspiration and also a general framework for those of you who really want to build a soul and mission-driven coaching practice or scale a soul and mission-driven coaching practice and find yourself feeling at a loss for either where to begin or what to do or how to scale. So before starting this episode, essentially what I did was I sat down and I imagined the people out there who are following me, who are deeply desiring to build a sustainable, profitable private practice, doing work that they love, feeling confident that the work that they are doing supports people, feeling like they can pitch their services from a place of confidence, both in their efficacy and their ethics as a practitioner who really desire to do this business and this kind of work for the right reasons. Because I think, you know, no judgment if this is you, but this probably is not your podcast if this is you. There are a lot of people who want to be a coach because they think that like, you can make a lot of money working not a lot of hours. And it's true, you can make a lot of money working not a lot of hours. But if that's not also attached to a real desire to help create powerful transformation for your clients or see the world be a better place as a result of the work that you're doing with people, it's going to be really hard to build any kind of sustainable legacy because that's what this work is about. Like, yes, you can make a lot of money and work limited hours. You can have freedom and autonomy with your time. It's also a kind of a creative incubator because I think oftentimes the best way to attract your soulmate clients is to be really authentic and really transparent about who you are and what you're about so that when people hire you, they feel in alignment with you. And that's really cool, right? To use your business as a method for creative expression, as a way for alchemizing and transmuting your magic. Like there are so many incredible things about the lifestyle of doing this work. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the product or the service that you're selling is empowered transformation that is 100% about the person sitting in front of you and not about you or your lifestyle at all. So if you got into this business because of the lifestyle, you're going to have a hard time selling it. I'm sorry. It's just true. Um, But I sat down and I thought about, okay, so like people who really have this mission, maybe it, and listen, my mission has changed since I've started in this line of work. So I also don't want you to feel like you have to be married to like a niche or be specific about who you're helping. For me, this work has always been about the idea of liberation, the idea of like, I really felt like I had no choice but to work for somebody else. 
Like the idea of living outside of that construct was so terrifying to all of the adults, like parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, like everybody in my life was like, that is something that is impossible and terrifying and you will ruin your life if you pursue that. But I was miserable in what I was doing. And I I was in my early 20s and like very, very depressed <laughs> because I thought I had no choice. And so originally I was a sex coach because I love talking about sex. Talking about sex is very fun. Sex is obviously a fun topic. And so I got into coaching because I like talking about sex and I wanted to talk about sex with people and like help them transform their sex lives. But what I actually found and the reason that I transitioned into business coaching is the idea that people had been so deeply indoctrinated into the belief that if they tried to do something that they actually wanted to do with their lives, they would be inherently unsafe and mess up their life was just something I couldn't get behind. I was like, that's fucked up. Like, I don't want to... I don't want to live in a world where that's what people think. And that's a world that a lot of my clients come from. Like they are so uh, deeply afraid that to pursue their passion, they will ruin their lives. And like that is heartbreaking to me. So my why is to help people not only break free of that, because most of my clients honestly at this point are coming to me having done this for long enough that what we're doing is we're taking them from like, They have this really clear why, this really clear mission, and we're helping them scale it to bigger and bolder versions and iterations of itself. They're becoming national brands. They are doubling their revenue. They're building out passive income streams that make it so that they can steward their magic to more and more people. Like Those are the kinds of people that I'm helping at this phase in my career. But when I'm thinking about y'all, like the people who most need to hear everything I'm about to say, oftentimes you're struggling with the same thought blocks and you might, I'm going to name them now and you're going to be like, holy shit, all of those are me. And I have felt so isolated and I have felt so much like this was some kind of unsolvable problem. My coach, if you listen to her, she was just a guest on the podcast, calls those thought errors. They're not wrong. They're not bad. They're just thought errors. It's not wrong or bad to think I need to have this job or I will be unsafe. It is a natural byproduct of most of the people in your life probably reiterating to you that you need to have a job or you will be unsafe, right? It's not wrong or bad, but it might not be right for you. So if we see it as a thought error, kind of like when you make a typo, you hit delete and you write a new thought and you're going to build a life from that. And if your entire life or your entire like working history, everyone around who has been like, that's impossible, good fucking luck, it's probably going to be scary. But that doesn't mean that it's impossible. So I sat down and I was like, okay, what do the people who are like, I've had this business for a while, but it's not getting the results that I want. I want to start a business, but I don't know like exactly what I should be, quote, doing. What are my first steps? Well, your first step is to go to karakovacs.com and subscribe to my newsletter because there is a free ebook that you get when you subscribe that has two like base exercises that I give all of my clients for like where you want to build a business from. 
So from values and beliefs, so like what are you believing? What are the kinds of thoughts that you're having about the business that you want to create? And then what are the values that you're going to use as guideposts to make sure that the business that you're building is successful? And then on the last page of that ebook, there is an entire resource guide of books about wealth consciousness, entrepreneurship, coaching. So the very first thing you're going to want to do is go download that ebook because if you do all of the exercises in the ebook, you will be light years ahead of many people who like graduated from coaching certification programs, to be honest with you. So you want to do something, start there. (laughs) Now, the next thing you're going to want to do is realizing that it's not really about doing. And I talk about this in the ebook. I talk about this with all my clients. It's so much more about being than it is about doing. And for those of you who are like, what are you even talking about? Don't worry, I'm going to explain it to you. Let me break it down. Okay. So say you want to be in partnership with somebody you, you're in love, you want to be happy, I'm assuming, maybe some of you don't, <laughs> you should get a therapist about that, I don't do that kind of work anymore, but <laughs> assuming you want to be happy, you want to be healthy, you want to be in a loving, committed relationship, notice all of the verbs I just said were be, you want to be happy, you want to be loving, right? So what do you do to create a happy and loving relationship? You be kind, you be a good listener, you practice empathy, you practice compassion, you communicate even when it's hard, right? Like there are things that you do that come from the embodiment of who you've chosen to be in the relationship. So the version of you that's in healthy relationship, the the action, the doing is having the hard conversation. And the being is the energy of love from which you come to the conversation, which makes that conversation more productive than if you come to the conversation from the energy of being pissed off. So, so much of what we're creating is about the energy that we come to it from. But most people go to coaches or they go to a program and they want a checklist. They want to know that if they build an email list with a funnel for people to sign and listen, I got an email list and I got a funnel and I just told you to subscribe to it. (laughs) So I'm not saying that these tools are not valuable. They are. But if you write an email list or you create an email list, you write a newsletter, you build a funnel, you post social media content and all you have is crickets, it's because it really doesn't matter what you do on the to-do list, on the checking off list, if the energy behind it is not congruent with your mission. And this is the thing that like 99% of people are missing. Most businesses fail in the first one to five years because the headspace that the CEO, the business owner is in is that of disbelief in the success of the business or in constant critique of whether or not the success of the business is viable or trustworthy. I'm going to tell you the belief that built my entire business. My entire business was built on one belief. That belief was, I better fucking figure this out because I'm not doing anything else. That meant that like, if somebody said no to wanting to coach with me, oh well, I was gonna go pitch it to somebody else. If I hosted a workshop and only three people came up to attend, like to be honest with you, I used to freak out about that. Now I'm like, oh, that's three potential clients. Like, I'm going to serve these people powerfully. That took years of integrating. I used to be like all up in my ego about people coming and showing up to workshops. 
But that's another story for another day. <laughs> um, but I would be like, okay, I'm going to teach another workshop. If I posted a typo and somebody came and told me, I'd be like, okay, I posted a typo. It's fine. Like nothing was ever a failure. It was just a lesson. And I knew that I was going to keep going. And I also knew that I was willing to do whatever it took to make keeping going a viable option for me. So if that meant I needed to like pick up babysitting shifts or get a temporary part-time assistant job, uh, like there were so many things that I did to make money in the very beginning. You know, I was like reading cards at nightclubs in New York City. Like I was working constantly on these like little side hustle things. But there was no like, okay, if this doesn't work, I'm going to go back and get a full-time job. There was no, oh, this person said no and I feel embarrassed. So never mind, I'd rather not. And I'm not saying that that's you, but if some version of that is you, like, yes, I'm committed and I want this up into the point that I feel uncomfortable, up into the point that I feel like it's unsustainable for me and I am not going to be able to like make my money back in the way that I want to make it back. Like, yes, I'm willing to like have my nervous system be dysregulated to a point but I'm not going to like deal with it and grow through that and create from a different energy. I'm just going to repeat the same story over and over again and wonder why it's not working. So many people that I coach are doing that and it's keeping you stuck in the same place. Like one of the things that I love about the coaching industry is that it's a space where we have to evolve. Like you're selling personal transformation. You must be transformed. You're selling personal growth. You must be committed to personal growth. So we're changing our awareness and our opinions and our understandings all the time. We're all, we're constantly iterating into better versions of ourselves. Just kind of like you upgrade your computer hard drive, like you're updating constantly your awareness and you're doing something about it. But those of us, and none of this is bad, like none of what I'm saying is to shame you. None of what I'm saying is to make you feel shitty about where you're at. It's to Bring awareness to where you are repeating a narrative of it's not working, I'm stuck, I don't know what to do, I'm scared, I'm uncomfortable, I can't, I don't know how. All of that is patriarchal programming. It's all keeping you from taking action that comes from I'm going to do this no matter what. Even if I can't figure it out, I'm going to try and if I fuck up, oh well. There are millions of ways and opportunities and strategies available to me, and I'm willing to try them all, even if I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to share about what I'm doing with every single person that I meet just to show my nervous system that it's safe to share about what I'm doing, even if every single one of those people says no. There is a very different frequency between the first series of responses that I just said, like, how do I make this work? When is it going to work? It's not working, and I will do whatever it takes. And there's infinite in-betweens too, right? There's the, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And then, oh, I got my period and I had a fight with my partner and now never mind, <laughs> right? So this is why being versus doing is so important because who you're being, if you're in a loving, committed relationship, is kind, compassionate, and patient 99% of the time. You don't stop being kind just because you have your period. I mean, some of you do, but maybe you want to work on that. Like maybe that's not serving your relationship so well, right? Who you are being will determine the quality of your relationships. 
who you are being will determine the success of your business. So if you are in constant disbelief and you are looking to your business to prove you right, to prove to you that you are safe to have chosen this path, you chose an uncertain path, my love, your business is not going to show you that you're safe. And if you put that pressure on your business, it is going to be incapable of showing you that because you will be so dysregulated that you will not be able to create results. So the only thing that you can sell from is your being and your why. And people don't talk about it like that, right? They tell you about marketing language. <laughs> they tell you their proven strategy for signing five clients in your first month. They tell you like some kind of hack for copywriting. That is not going to make you sustainable revenue because it does not address what's going on in your nervous system, in your belief systems, and in your body. Those are the building blocks of your business. That is the only place to create from. And if there are incongruencies there, even if you create success, those incongruencies will eventually come and bite you in the ass. So you might be wondering, you might be like, okay, conceptually, I get this. I need to be committed to my vision. I need to be congruent with my mission. I feel generally congruent with it and I feel generally committed to it. But like, this is real life, Kara. Like, I have bills I need to pay and commitments that I need to meet. And I have these circumstances in my life that make me feel sometimes like I'm on the verge of burnout or like I'm not going to be okay. What should I do? I'm like, okay, first of all, I was just incredibly general. And if you related to that, I was incredibly general because that describes most of the people that I work with. I'm like, literally, as I was saying it, I'm like thinking about people who I love dearly, who I've been working with, who maybe haven't gotten the results that they want yet. And it's like, they have this health circumstance or this family thing that it's like, okay, like I am committed to my mission and like it hasn't happened yet. And I feel so frustrated that it hasn't happened yet. And 90% of the time, like when I see people experiencing that, they're not even giving themselves credit for the incredible things that they have accomplished. For example, like signing your first client, signing your first three clients, creating an offer suite, uh, selling out your first program, even if you got six people when you intended to get 10 people, building a reputation within your community as somebody that people go to for support. Like, no, you might not be like having 10K months every month yet, or like built a business that replaces your salary, but you're also telling the story that like, you're failing and it's not working when you're actually creating incredible things. And the reason that you're doing that is because your nervous system is still more committed to the idea that it's not going to work, to the idea that it's not safe to actually fully embody trusting it because it's still tied to that old way of being, that old way of thinking of like, this is a really unrealistic thing you're taking a bet on. Like, it's not like you bet you better not like actually trust it. You better not actually believe it. Let's continue to recreate evidence that like, yeah, you can sign a person and you can feel like in love with and connected to the flow of doing your client work. But like this has never been something that you could live off of if it wasn't for these other circumstances. You're writing the narrative. 
like you're writing the story, right? So again, I'm going to, my story is the best example that I got. One, because I have permission to share it with you. <laughs> I'm going to have some of my clients on the podcast in coming weeks so you can hear their stories straight from them. And two, because it's really true to my experience. Like I was just like, I'm not, I'm not even qualified for any other jobs. <laughs> nobody would hire me for anything else. The most money that I can make is to be great at this. Like all of those beliefs are why I'm successful. Like all every business decision I've made was rooted in that way of being. So if you're rooted in the way of being, the way of thinking about it, that you're like, I'm not going to be okay. It's not working. It hasn't worked. It's worked a little bit, but I don't actually trust that it could work. Sure. I had a 10 K month one time, but that was a fluke. I left this space open on my roster and nobody filled it. It's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. You're not in the energy of creating. You guys ever gotten a receipt from CVS? Like they're like stupid long for no reason, even if you only got like two things, you were creating a CVS receipt length list of reasons why it's not working. You know what you're not creating? Client opportunities. Copy that speaks to the people that you actually want to help. Opportunities to teach or network within your community. And then when you go, if you do create those opportunities, you're speaking from the energy of it's not working or you're speaking from what my coach calls a client concept issue. So like the idea of who would engage with your work, the way that you think about them is they can't afford you. They don't understand what you're doing. They think you're being pushy when you're sharing about what you're doing with them. They're confused. They don't follow up. You don't even like them. <laughs> y'all are walking around like, y'all are walking around like, oh, it's so frustrating. So-and-so signed up for an enrollment call and then they never followed up. People are so flaky. People are so unreliable. It's so hard to sign clients. I haven't been able to sign clients. Nobody's working with me. Who are you being writing that story? What would it look like for you to fall in love with your people? What would it look like? Because yeah, I'll tell you one thing. Most of my career, I would have enrolled anybody who wanted to work with me, which is a super bad idea. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> What happens when you do that is you enroll people who you either like didn't like very much on the enrollment call, which listen, people are people. We're not going to like everybody and not everybody's going to like us. But if you feel that way on an enrollment call, imagine six months of trying to support somebody you don't even like. How's that going to go? It's not going to go well. <laughs> All right. So just <laughs> putting that aside, you're writing this story, right, of the people who, who your work is speaking to are people that you don't even see as capable of understanding or paying for what you do. So back in the day when I would have enrolled anybody, I had lots of stories like, I need to enroll people so I can pay my bills. That was a big story. I can help anybody. Like I shouldn't be specific about who I want to help which is, you know, nice in theory, but uh, not good in practice when somebody's coming to you and like they actually need the support of a trauma specialist or somebody's coming to you for something that like you're not actually an expert in helping them at and then they pay you several thousand dollars and leave the container feeling like, well, that wasn't worth the money that I spent. And then you have somebody walking around out there being like, yeah, I wasted a bunch of money on that lady. Like, listen, that's going to happen. That's part of having a client-facing practice. And... 
Like those are the people you're attracting when that's your client concept. So the reason now that I work with coaches who are a little bit further along in their careers is because I know in terms of my own client concept, like the the way that my work is going to be most valuable for somebody is if they've like already sold a couple of packages, if they already have like a little bit of a, an awareness of what direction they want to take their business. They want to scale. They just need support. They want more clarity around their offers, their client concept. They just need support. So like, I'm not going to hire somebody who's brand spanking new. I'm going to refer them to somebody else or a program or whatever. I tell them to come back in six months because I know that like what I'm doing is going to be most beneficial for a specific type of person. So the way that you attract higher end, higher paying clients is you know that your work is going to serve them, right? So let me tell you about my client concept. First of all, my clients are witches. (laughs) We love talking about witchy shit. We have resonance there. I have some clients who are like not witches, but they still love talking about witchy shit with me. (laughs) Uh, My clients are obsessed with the work that they're doing. They feel so passionate about the work that they're doing. Because of that, they're willing to do anything to make their business happen. Because of that, they know paying me is an investment that they will make back 10 times over. Because of that, even if they are nervous about paying me, they know that paying me is actually making them money. So whether they're on sliding scale or not, paying me is a very smart investment for them. My clients know that the world needs their work. My clients know that I'm the person that they feel connected to and that we've created trust and reciprocity and I'm going to hold space for their vision to come to fruition and we love each other. And when I get on a consult call, that's the vibe I have. Why do you think it's easier for me to enroll people then perhaps somebody who is thinking, I don't think this person is going to be able to afford to pay me. What is the energy you're carrying into the consult call when that's what you've decided about the person when you don't even know anything about them? Hmm? What is the energy you're bringing onto the consult call when the last two people were no call, no shows, and you're frustrated because you haven't enrolled anybody and you'd like to make a quick Deposit of cash into your account because you haven't made money in two months. Who are you being? How's everybody doing out there? (laughs) This is what it's like to get coached by me. (laughs) I'm having fun. I hope you're having fun. I love you too. Like the, the sad thing about people being stuck in this idea of being where it's like they are not getting the results that they want and they are so frustrated and they are so they're they're like grasping and they're like I'm posting on social media and it's not working like I'm trying so hard and it's not working but what they mean is they're like doom scrolling and they're like friggin stressed af but they're not actually creating client opportunities from an energetically aligned space. 
and the narrative that they are telling is it's not working, so who they're being is it's not working. That's not a fun way to be an entrepreneur. It's not fun. I would like I would have given this up <laughs> like a long time ago if that was the vibe that it carried. Like you got into this business again to help people with their why. Your why should be fun. Your why should be full of life and of light and of love and of seeing the potential for the person in front of you that if they invest in working with you, they're going to change their life. And that's amazing. And that's beautiful. Who are you being in the call when you see somebody in that? Who are you being when you share about your prices when you see somebody in that light? Who are you being when you invite someone you met at a party or a yoga class or a retreat to have a conversation with you when you see that as the potential outcome of the conversation? If this person has a conversation with me and they choose to say yes, they're going to change their life. If I go into a space and I share about what I do, it, the exactly the right person who needed to hear about it is going to feel that and they're going to need to talk to me. When I go online and I share about my work, what is inherent in my message is the power of what I do to the person who's ready to receive that. That's who I'm being. That's what you get when you buy coaching from Kara. And I just invite you to think about, right? Like you probably didn't think that this podcast <laughs> was going to go in this direction. But if I were to think like, what is the most important thing you could do to create a sustainable and fulfilling coaching practice? It would be to be the person you would want to hire, which means being in total heart, soul, integrity with your work and selling from that space, which means you cannot be in the story of how it is not working for you. Now, if you're having a hard time, like conceptually, you get this because I think conceptually, most of you get this, like that in my experience with coaching people, they're like, yes, yes, yes. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Then you get to like having to pay your bills. And all of a sudden this story goes out the window because you're triggered. Or you get to like actually being in the space where you're going to pitch somebody and you feel like your tongue turned into a knot and you like can't say it. Like the energy goes out the window. Well, one thing I want to say about that is it's just practice. Like be nice to yourself. Like I didn't, I didn't have this level of client concept or calmness about sharing my mission four years ago. I was also like having my eye twitch and really fucking hoping that the person on the other end of the conversation was about to give me money. <laughs> so I, I just invite you to be compassionate with yourself that like as you're enrolling clients or as you're expanding or as you're raising your rates or as you're, you know, iterating or pivoting in the work that like, yeah, obviously there is a practice like, and a getting comfortable and even still some butterflies, like if you were to think about it, like your favorite rock star, like they were probably real nervous the first couple of times they performed. And then it did become like some muscle memory and there's still adrenaline when you get in front of people. It's like that. 
So just be compassionate with yourself. Be like, oh, I'm, I'm practicing that. The other thing about this too is like you need to build confidence in your efficacy and you cannot build confidence in your efficacy without working with people. So part of the reason that I'm really confident in selling coaching is because I know my clients get results. You can't know that your clients get results until you've worked with enough people to see people get results consistently and that takes time. So the confidence that you're gonna build in being the embodiment of the work and the mission is based on seeing, like being in reciprocity with your first clients, which is why you charge them less because it's early days. And then you expand and grow and align and you make more money over time. And then you build confidence because your clients get results and then it becomes easier and easier and easier. So just like be in the practice of I'm going to get better at this over time. It's going to get easier over time. I'm not doing it perfectly right now, but I'm going to do everything in my power. Deep breathing, say a prayer, sage yourself, hold a crystal, take a pause, like do everything in your power that when you're actually pitching your services, you're connected to your integrity, you're connected to your why. That's what you're leading from. Put it in your body before you get on the enrollment call and then like build your fluency in that over time. There's no getting around that. Like you have to just practice being good. Like, would you rather like have the surgeon who's been operating for 15 years do your partner's open heart surgery or would you have rather have the resident do it? Like you'd rather have the person who's been doing it for 15 years do it. Like you're starting out. Some of you are not starting out, but you have never thought about it like this before. And so you haven't been in the practice of like putting that energy in your body. So that's number one. Number two, in terms of like really truly changing from fear and belief that it's not working to empowerment and trust that it will, you might need to get coached on that, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> it was something I had to get coached on for years. It's something I'm still getting coached on. I spoke about this earlier in this very episode. Like we're in the practice of continually getting better. We're in the practice of up-leveling our skills. And if your belief is a really old narrative that comes from ancestral trauma and social conditioning, it's buried pretty deep in there. And we don't shame it. We love it. We give it compassion and kindness and understanding and thoughtfulness and appreciation maybe even, like appreciating it for the lessons that it taught us and the ways in which it's tried to make us feel safe. And we incrementally replace it with a new story, which could look like a daily meditation and journaling practice. It could look like being coached. It could look like writing affirmations. And to be really honest with you, with most of my clients, it looks like me doing a little bit of hypnosis techniques on them which is why, again, I honestly think hiring somebody is really the best, <laughs> the best fix for it. And the last thing I'll say about that is it's the best fix for it because like you're trying to sell that as the best fix for it. So if you don't believe that it's the best fix for it, why should anybody believe that from you? Because you don't even believe it yourself. <sighs> anyway, I feel like I've given you a lot to chew on here. I hope this was valuable for you. And I want to close by just saying that I'm really proud of you for taking this on. It's no small thing. It's huge. It's 
committing to changing your life and believing in yourself and trusting yourself. That's massive. So I want to congratulate you and honor you and let you know that I appreciate you and I love you and that you can totally do it. Like you can totally do it. And if you're looking for somebody to support you and you already have a very, very clear why, maybe I'm your coach. Who knows? All right. See us next week on Business Witch. If you have questions about this episode, hit me up in the DMs on Instagram at Coaching. I love you. I'm rooting for you. Have a good day. Bye.